Welcome to FinTech Chatting presented by Tier 1 People, leaders in FinTech executive search. Follow us on your favorite podcast player or FinTech Chatter TV on YouTube. And welcome to Fintech Chatter, the show for all things fintech down under. I'm bringing you another fintech shot, and this week I'm joined by Toby Norton Smith of X15 Ventures. Toby, welcome back. Good day, Dexter. Nice to be back. It's great to have you with us. Um, seems like an annual kind of get together this now. <laughs> um, we're here to talk about Accelerate. Um, but for those, I guess, listeners who are new to the show or perhaps haven't, you know, didn't listen to, to last year's um, episode where we talked about the Accelerate program, do you want to share with us a little bit about, first of all, X15 Ventures, who you are, and then the Accelerate program? Sure, very briefly. We're, uh, X15 is a venture scaler. We, we build we buy and we invest in ventures and help them to scale through access to the assets of ComBank, um, the with the venture arm of Commonwealth Bank. So, so that's our mission. We've been around for about three years. We've got a relatively small portfolio of companies, uh, eleven at the moment. You know, compared to sort of traditional CBC, uh, that's partly because some of those um, ventures are are owned and operated by us, which is a little bit, you know, unusual, that aspect of our model. Um, uh, but three years in, we're, you know, we're really happy with the progress we're making. Cool. And what are some of the portfolio companies that you've got? Oh, yeah. I mean, broadly, two, two buckets that, that we play in. The first is fintech, unsurprisingly, yeah. uh, given we're owned by a bank. And sort of even if you double-click on fintech, you know, it's it's both things that, uh, complement the portfolio of financial services that that CBA offers. Uh, an example of that would be uh, Kit, which is a kids a kids uh, money app, um, and then also fintechs that actually compete directly with ComBank. Uh, Unloan, a digital mortgage business, would be an example of that. Where if you like, it's a little bit of a a jet star to CBA's Qantas. Uh, offering so that's bucket one fintech bucket two is a very broad one sort of in in x consultant language i'd call it adjacent adjacencies everything in and around the banking experience for which um the a customer's relationship with a bank may be a relevant introduction to an additional um or complementary service mm. um so that's a very broad definition what we've learned over the years that you actually have to you know it's actually a narrow range of products that then you might imagine for which customers when they log into a bank app or are talking to someone in a branch um, and other services relevant and they think a bank's a relevant point of introduction but we've got for example a home in is a digital conveyancing business obviously quite relevant when someone's buying a home and getting a mortgage to also work out who you're uh, you know how you're going to settle on the home so we offer that service we've got a bunch of a bunch of businesses in that space uh, that you could see on our website so what the, the accelerate program can you kind of provide a little bit more color about first of all what it is and then I, I guess kind of who you who typically would go through that program yeah uh, if you like accelerate's been around since we launched x15 it's pro, it's our program for slightly earlier stage ventures who we don't think are sort of yet at the stage where they're ready for the heavy handling involved in you know plugging in and getting the distribution access um, of combank they're not at that stage of maturity but it's about 
earlier stage companies and sort of helping them explore what that pathway to partnership might look like. So we think of it as a you know expedited investment process for earlier stage founders. Um, and really, if you go through the program, we will answer two questions with you. Um, the first is, you know, is enterprise partnership right for your venture? Yeah, and absolutely categorically for, for a bunch of ventures, the answer should be no, mm-hmm. or maybe certainly not yet. Uh, but for those that enterprise partnership looks like a good pathway, be it distribution, be it investment, any number of things, the second question we then answer is, are there any no regret steps you can take right now to get yourself enterprise ready? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, you know, we typically discover that there's an enormous amount of conscious and also unconscious choices that early stage startups take that can make them more or less attractive to, uh, you know, corporate partners. Okay. Um, interesting that you kind of mentioned that first point because it's actually something that I'm having not only more and more discussions around, but the briefs that I'm receiving from clients, um, you know, there's a strong emphasis on partnerships. And I think they're, you know, certainly from a, you know, fintech startup perspective, you know, the kind of holy grail is a partnership with a major bank that's going to solve all your problems. And oftentimes it can actually create more problems than than it does opportunities. What are some of the things that kind of you would, you know, kind of not warn people of, but just to, to kind of set their expectations right around what a partnership with a, with a bank like CBA can offer and what it can't offer? Yeah, it's a good question. And I think you nailed it by saying setting setting expectations. If you think about the the trade-offs involved here, you know, obviously what you're seeking to gain from that partnership, I mean, not in every scenario, but is typically like enormous, you know, scale, uh, be it scale of distribution and reach to customers or potentially at scale of, you know, access to capital or brand. Um, and so obviously that comes with an enormous uh, trade-off, which is the, uh, you know, the the burden, the, uh, you know, appropriately high regulatory scrutiny that yeah. banks face from the regulators. If you are then party to working with a bank and you want your product distributed uh, via the bank or introduced to its customers, you effectively then sign up to that, that, that standard. Um, so a, a lot of, a lot of the expectation setting is around the sort of shift in uh, mindset around sort of risk management yeah. and compliance. Now, it'd be a cliche and sort of, you know, wrong in the extreme, in the uh, absolute, but still worth sort of using that sort of old cliche in sort of startup land of move fast and break things, you know, clearly is not a standard or a mantra that that works well for sort of mature, you know, not just banks but any corporate enterprise mm-hmm. and looking for who, um, who they yeah. want to partner with. So... Um, it, it is a big trade-off. I mean, obviously, startups have uh, lots of trade-offs to make. One of them is is the time of the founders and, you know, corporate engagements. If you don't um, go about them the right way, if you don't understand, you know, all sorts of things, the right pattern of decision makers, um, yeah, whether you've got the right strategic alignment, whether, uh, you know, even on a basic first pass, you're going to sort of meet some of the threshold questions around privacy around data security around cyber can be a tremendous waste of time as well so that's partly why we set up accelerate to help people get a little bit more street smart around what it takes what you know what the benefits are and what you know what the trade-offs are that you've got to be ready for and look i think what you've just talked about is you know it was i think one of the 
kind of real hooks and and you and I connecting as people and you know, kind of you know developing a friendship right was because of that I, I guess you know care and forethought for for founders and the challenges that they have and making sure that you know, and I think you know to to keep setting expectations even with all of that 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 intent and you know kind of care and attention there's still massive complexity in partnering with a bank so it's not just a case of rocking up and hey let's plug in in within you know 20 30 days you're rocking and you know, you got access to 10 million customers there's a lot to navigate right and it's not always successful i'm really candidly dexter i came from a place you know i've have had my very spectacularly unsuccessful startup experience my, myself. But after that, I, I worked in ComBank in the digital arm of the business. And, I, you know, I won't name any names, but, you know, I didn't always feel great about um, the answers that I was giving founders and external third parties. I could see just the tremendous opportunity. I mean, again, it's almost a cliche, the opportunity of bringing corporate and startup closer together. And that was my job. Mm. And partly the genesis for why we set up X15 was to find a better way where you've got a bit more of a fit for purpose vehicle, which, you know, has a tech and operating stack, which sits outside of the big corporate, but has the uh, relationships, the policy alignment and technology integrations into the bank. And that's, and that's sort of the model that I've been trying to, to push. And, you know, three years in, it's still early days, but we do have, you know, emerging proof points um, of ventures that are getting real traction, um, with that model. So, awesome. so we're certainly uh, full steam ahead. Great, great. Now I want to talk about um, this year's program because each year you have a theme, you know, uh, last year it was payments. Is that right? Was it payments? Yep, last, last year it was Australian payments. Yep, yep. This, this year, what's the theme? Uh, helping advance Australia's transition to net zero. So it's all about um, climate tech. Wow, awesome. So first question is, that's not fintech. Is it, or did, where do you see the where do you see the the kind of parallels? <laughs> no, good question. So it would fall into that second bucket that I mentioned. There's sort of very amorphous adjacencies. Look, there's a there's a huge opportunity here. You know, we've been talking about the gap or the opportunity to close the gap between corporate and startup. I think that's probably more true in climate tech than almost anywhere else. I mean. You know, a few stats I heard recently, since 2020, there have been over 200 climate tech startups established in Australia. Um, 78% of them are still at seed or series A funding level. So uh, I think it's quite an immature uh, market relative to some of our global peers, but it's obviously a hugely nascent market. Now, um, our friends at Climate Salad, um, uh, Mick and co sort of shared some stats with us. The number one thing climate tech startups are calling out for is, is investment, uh, unsurprisingly. The number two challenge they've got is finding customers. And so, you know, very, very generically, those are both problems that corporates, forget about banks, corporates generically, I think, you know, have an opportunity to help with. But if I then sort of double click on that gap. I mean, I think corporates, generally speaking, I'm not a climate expert, far from it. I've got to be clear. You know, they all have appetite. I think we can see that to do more. But, you know, particularly with the fear of sort of, you know, greenwashing and and the very real risk of that, I think all corporates know that they need help. They need help with measurement, with traceability, 
with the actual solutions specific for their industry to you know reduce emissions or to offset them. So you know there's a tremendous amount of help corporates need if they're going to lean into this space with any authenticity, and that's that's certainly true in the banking sector where. You know, I've heard the Combank um, CEO, Matt Common, he, he's shared that for Australia to reach net zero 2050 goals, you know, they estimate will require an incremental $3 trillion in lending um, to uh, help the economy transition to net zero. You know, you put that in context, CBA is the largest bank in Australia. Its balance sheet currently of all the loans residential and commercial is a little over $1 trillion. So to answer your question in very long format, well, you know, that's not fintech. Uh, No, not directly, but there is a huge requirement for capital to be deployed into the economy to help in a shift towards net zero. Banks obviously have an interest in doing that well, but they can't do it if they don't have partnerships with players who, again, can help with measurement, uh, generation of credits, traceability, all, all the things that are needed to ensure that sort of that capital is deployed, you know, that's, effectively and and into the right that's companies. That's a scary number, right? Because I think three three trillion is there or thereabouts the total sum of Australian, Australian, yeah, the whole Australian superannuation system, right? So that's kind of that's a, a significant amount. Um, yeah, but it's right. But it's it's it also excites me too because it's always great when you get alignment between. Things that, like, I don't need to tell anyone on this podcast about the, you know, my personal view, at least the sort of the moral moral imperative and environmental imperative for, for getting yeah. active on climate change. But it always excites you when there's alignment of those yeah. interests with, you know, candidly commercial interests. And, you know, I was speaking to a lender, a senior lender the other day, I won't name any names. And, you know, his, his summary was, you know, in many of the main industries that banks lend to, as a general rule of thumb, you know, customers who have a plan for how to reduce or be lower emissions for whatever their relevant industry contexts are, are probably going to be better prospects to lend to, which I thought was really interesting, you know, be it, um, you know, in uh, property, for example, you may get, have higher quality buildings or better quality tenants. In um, agriculture, for example, you may have more resilient uh, farms and, you know, new revenue streams if you're thinking about net zero. So it's yeah. really interesting to see that there's there's a lot of opportunity there, but it is a huge number. And in terms of the types of, uh, I guess, businesses that you're in founders that you, you're looking to connect with on the program, like have you got a, some ideas in mind or kind of profiles in mind? Yeah, I mean, uh, maybe types of founders or companies generically were sort of like we normally say pre-series A, um, you know, one or two of the sort of, Winners of the program will look to deploy a safe note um, into them, uh, relatively small quantum. So, sort of, we, we typically say pre series A, you know, clearly they've got to be a founder who, you know, is looking for more than that investment and thinks or has a hypothesis that there may be a real opportunity for working closely with corporate. Now, it doesn't necessarily need to be with a bank or with CBA, but sort of who is open to that. Some founders will absolutely, and I get it, be, you know, emotionally and, and and logically in some cases saying, no, you know, I've got to build this thing my own way and the less time I spent getting distracted by corporates, the better. So certainly someone who's got an open mind to that and whose venture is sort of at probably still a fairly early stage 
you know, they need to, you know, our preference is for them to be in market. We rather they were post-revenue. So that that's sort of sweet spot. Um, and then in terms of for this program, um, specific areas of sort of climate tech, um, look, we've put up on our Accelerate website some of the thematics we're interested in. Um, again, they are they are pretty broad because if you think about partnering with a bank, there's both the sort of direct tools that a bank may need to to deploy. For example, I've, I've talked a few times about sort of you know measurement and traceability, yeah. obviously very important. But then actually, I think the bank will be interested in tools that they can take to their large customer bases be it, you know, consumers. Uh, we've already got a partnership, for example, with Kogo and the uh, CBA app, um, what, you know, whether they can take it to those customers or, or you know, their institutional um, client base. So it's a pretty broad list, but for anyone who's interested, just hit the Accelerate website and you'll see Yeah, we'll that. put a link in the show notes to that, folks, so you can uh, access that. Now, um, last year, um, we actually, I, I think we did a, a follow-up show where we had yourself and the winners, um, Jacko from Patron, um, only a few months ago, I think they announced uh, some major news that they were acquired yeah. by OFX. Um, so a huge kind of success story that I'm sure you're not going to kind of take all the credit for that, that, that kind of outcome. But I think yeah, it goes to show that, uh, first of all, I think the kind of caliber and quality of um, you know, startups that are, are coming onto the program um, but also, look, I guess, you know, the, the kind of, the, it's not, you know, success doesn't necessarily have to be that you're plugged in the CBA's 10 million customers and off you go. There's a lot of great benefits that can come from from going through the program. Yeah, no, we certainly can't take much um, credit, um, Dexter, to be honest. So Patreons was a brilliant business and remains one. Uh, congratulations to the founders. It, it, it was a great you know, I think it was a great exit for them. It was particularly impressive given, you know, the timing and what a difficult sort of capital markets it is for, you know, fintech and startups more broadly. So, yeah, hopefully in some way we contributed to sort of getting them match fit for corporate partnership. There's no more extreme corporate partnership than being acquired. Um, and so, yeah, no, we were we were really pleased with that outcome um and, and yes absolutely it doesn't doesn't have to be an outcome with with cbi now um wanted to have a chat before we wrap up toby big announcement this week with um commonwealth banks and record profit announcement um you know the, the kind of press will tear it up whichever way they want um my view is any of Australia's banks, particularly this year when we've seen bank runs and banks fail, I think is just a really strong sign of the banking system here in Australia. Um, and I just wanted to kind of give you the opportunity really just to talk about how, how everybody's feeling at the bank, how you're feeling at X15, what your commitment is to the fintech community here in Oz and Look, the kind of the, the vision and the you know the commitment that you had when you first launched X15 is still there. Yeah, thanks, Dex. I won't comment on on how CBA is feeling or their results. That's that's for them. But I think happy to comment on how X15 is feeling and, and sort of uh, relative to that. Yeah, you're right. I, I'm, we're um, we're feeling incredibly positive. To be very candid, and you might expect that I would say that anyway, maybe talk to that with some examples or numbers. 
you know, I think I've never been shy about acknowledging that our model is is quite, you know, I like to think of it as being strategically very closely aligned to our to our LP and parent yeah. entity, CBA, uh, but operationally decoupled so that we can get the best of both worlds, um, which I think makes sense to most people. So, so yes, one thing that has evolved is I would say the ambition and I can categorically say the investment from CBA, you know, has grown every year of X15's operations and it's, you know, it's, uh, it's ahead of my expectations when we launched X15, um, and, you know, and that's, however, we've probably deployed our capital a little bit more narrowly, making sure, particularly in this climate, that some of the ventures that are getting traction, like we properly fund them and invest in them for them to really scale and win in their category. Um, and so, yeah, you, you know, you're right. There's a little bit of commentary on, I think, you know, initially we sort of said, hey, look, we'll commit to 25 ventures uh, in our first four years, we won't hit that exact number. I, I'm not in any way embarrassed about that because the actual uh, investment and the return on that investment is exceeding uh, our internal measures. Are sort of so yeah. CBA's results they actually spoke quite a bit about some of our ventures uh, and their role in the yeah. results overall. Um, I think Unloan, our digital mortgage business, they called out we've we've just ticked over four billion dollars of funding fundings in our first year of operation, which, you know, we're, we're pretty pleased yeah. with that. Uh, you know, home in a digital conveyancing business that I mentioned earlier, that's just ticked over 4 billion of um, homes settled. So mm. customers using home in to settle on a property. Um, yeah, a, a bunch of other ventures actually um, were called out in the results. So that's really, really pleasing to me. It's pleasing because it speaks to the um, strategic alignment that, is not a one-off task. You yeah. can't just announce yourself as a venture arm and assume yeah. that your alignment remains. You've got to keep reinvesting in that. So um, pretty confident about that in terms of our role in um, fintech community in Australia. Look, at, uh, we are, uh, I hope, seen as big um, supporters and contributors to that community. We obviously unusually own and operate a bunch of ventures, but that means we are hiring, you know, a material number of um you know, engineers and designers and all the usual skill sets you'd expect in this space. And so a big contributor, hopefully, to Australian uh, grown talent and businesses. We obviously partner with a lot of fintechs. A lot of our businesses are consumer focused because of the sort of natural leverage we get from CBA. So that means, you know, great companies like, um, who can I think of, uh, you know, Frankie, Frankie, for example, we work closely with, um, uh, we money, um, you know, a, a bunch of different, um, I guess, B2B to C yeah. fintech suppliers uh, we work with. So um, we're certainly invested for the long term. We've definitely got the backing of Combank. So feeling pretty, pretty positive. Fantastic. Well, Toby, it's been really good to catch up with you. I'm sure I'll see you at Intersect. Um, before we wrap up, when do applications open? When do they close? Applications are open. Um, and have been coming in really nicely, actually. Normally you sort of expect the rush in the very last uh, days. That's not the case this time. They close on August the 22nd, uh, and that will definitely be a hard hard close for anyone who thinks they may send one in the day after. You know, I would really encourage people, though, to put an application in. You know, in my experience and from what I've heard of people more qualified than me, 
the the process of putting in an application is, is good for sharpening up your own proposition and thinking. And obviously, I'm a big fan of the program uh, if you do uh, qualify for it. So please get your applications in August the 22nd. If you've got any questions on whether you're a good fit for the program, please hit me up on LinkedIn or hit our website and, and drop us an email. I'm very happy to have a chat um, so that you understand whether you're a fit. Perfect. We'll put um, links in the show notes, folks, so you've got easy access to those details. As always, you can connect with me on LinkedIn and Twitter. If you're new to the show, it would really help us if you could give us a follow and a like and maybe share on your social platforms. If you're coming back, thanks for your support. It really does mean a lot. Until the next show, keep well. Fintech Chatter is produced by Tier 1 People, leaders in fintech executive search. We'll find world-class leadership talent to build world-class fintech ventures. And you can find us at tier1people.com.